This is the St. Louis Podcast Network. You're listening to the Last Man Up Podcast, part of the St. Louis Podcast Network, stlpodcast.com. Matt Berger, Clay Byersdorfer, and Andy Hanselman alongside. You can follow me on Twitter at Matt underscore Berger. You can follow Clay on Twitter at Ton of Clayton. And you can follow Andy Hanselman at Emo6. I hope everybody is having a fantastic day. And joining us on the phone later will be WWE Hall of Famer Mean Gene Okerlund. If you have not heard him before, you want to make sure you you listen to that. He is absolutely uh, one of my all-time favorite guests. Uh, I am sick of winter number four or whatever yes. it is that we're experiencing. Yes. Uh, this year, it seems like the, the it's it's sunny out now, but it's cold. It's what I like to call deceptively cold because you look out the window, you see the green grass, you see the sunshine. You're like, oh, it can't be that bad. And then you step into a deep freeze. It's blue, um, it's blue ball weather. That's a good way to it's put a, it. Yes, thank tease. you. It's a tease. Of it's the still nowhere nearly as cold as Minneapolis, but... It's well, yes. I mean, it's not nearly <laughs> as cold as Antarctica either. It doesn't mean we can't complain about it. <laughs> welcome, hey, to Sa- welcome to St. Louis. I'm done. I mean, it's 40 degrees outside. It's April 4th. It's a, I'm not saying it's got to be 80 or 90. No. I don't want that either. But 65 it should, would be nice. It should be at least 50 something. That's what. That's all I'm asking for. Normal temperatures. Well, it seems here we like, are. Yeah, it seems like nowadays it just goes from winter to summer. Yeah, it's like there's no in between anymore. There's no fall. There's no spring. I quit trying to guess. I just have multiple outfits in my car, just ready for <laughs> ready for anything. What is it? Uh, Missouri's the only state where you have all four seasons in the same day. Yeah, it's truly, um, just nature's miracle. Wasn't it in like seventy degrees yesterday? I don't know. I lose track of the days. Average high this time of year? Yes, sixty-seven degrees. Uh, this time of the year, I want to say maybe sixty-two. Ding 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 ding. ding. Clay Weirsdorfer wins the $500 prize. Nailed it. Wow, look Nailed at you. It. You should be a meteorologist. Probably not, but... Yeah, average high is 67 <laughs> degrees. Now, remember, my parents moved a few years ago, and it was in April, and we had to wear coats because it was 25 degrees outside. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when I was in junior college, it, there were full-blown leaves on the trees, and it was one of those freak snowstorms. And it wasn't like a dusting. I mean, it was a good two, three inches. Like, it covered the, the grass on the ground. And the Juco I was at, we were on the quad, and everybody's like, isn't this strange? There's snow on the ground and green leaves on the trees. It just looked so perplexing like that. But, I mean, what can you do about the weather other than complain about it? It's Nothing. both a blessing and a curse, but here we are. Here we it's are. a good way to put in, it. Indoors now. <laughs> That's true. Indoors now. Could be a lot worse. Could be. Um, I want to talk about Tommy Pham. I know we talked about yes. him the very first uh, episode of the Last Man Up podcast, which you can find at the St. Louis Podcast Network, stlpodcast.com. He has set the BFIB landscape on fire with a recent interview in Sports Illustrated with uh, Jack Dickey. But uh, if you haven't read the article, you need to read the article. It is really amazing. Um, but to me, I don't know about you guys, what he's doing is what no player has done in my opinion, for the Cardinals since Albert Pujols, and that's he makes the team interesting. I am now interesting. I'm now like really interested in watching what the Cardinals do because I want to see what Tommy Pham's going to do. 
Yeah, I'm. I'm, he's, I'm not saying that he's the same player as Pujols. No, but he's interesting. He is interesting. He adds that kind of um, X factor without being an actual like X factor. You know, he gives the team a little bit of a personality, and that's not something that Cardinal Nation is used to at all. The best, especially fans under are, Mike Matheny, hundred percent, hundred percent, and that's the way the Cardinals kind of do business. Um, is really just having a bunch of straight laced guys just go out do their job, win ball games. Not as of late, but. Um, yeah, it, it was a really great article. Tommy Pham is a really demonstrative guy. Very. Um, what he said, I think, really energized the fan base in a way that we haven't seen in quite a while. Um, but I'm I'm rooting for him. Honestly. I am too. How can you not? How can you not after that? Just a guy that shows that much passion about his own career and just winning in general. Hard not to root for him. Judging from what you can read on social media, like Twitter, Facebook... It kind of seems like Cardinal Nation is divided right down the middle on this. Oh, yeah, for sure. There's people who absolutely loved it and people who did not like it at all. Yeah. Now, they like Tommy Pham, and they're still rooting for Tommy Pham as mm-hmm. long as he's wearing the birds on the bat. They're always going to do that. Yeah. But there's a lot of people in Cardinal Nation, I would say, I would call them like the Dorothy Lights of the world, <laughs> if you know who I'm talking about. They're old the ones, Dot. Yeah. Old, old Dot. Old Dottie. Um, those are the ones that seem to have the biggest problem with it, but I think those are the ones who kind of like any kind of personality on the team, they want completely wiped away. Yeah. And if you are going to have a personality, it better be like Scott Rowland. Yeah. Like you, when you go out there, it's head down. If you hit a home run, you don't admire it. It's head down, run around the bases as fast as you can, and then get back in the dugout. And there's a curtain call, then you come out, you acknowledge the crowd, and you go right back in. Like It's almost like you almost have to apologize yeah. that you did something fantastic. Um, the, the biggest crime a professional athlete can commit outside of dog killing, and I'm being serious when I'm saying this, is being arrogant, especially if it's unearned arrogance. And I think a lot of people are seeing that with Tommy Pham. They think of it as kind of like an unearned arrogance because he really hasn't done it for a full year. He had a good year last year, but mm-hmm. be- everything before that, he was always injured. Or for some reason, they kept picking Stephen Piscotty or Randall Grichick over him. Or he had like, not X, the opposite of X Men vision. He had carotid conus and was, you know, had, yeah, his, had that his vision <laughs> was just seriously impaired. No, I mean, he, it, it's interesting because, you know, he had the really good year last year. And to some degree, you want to say, like, yeah, he kind of deserves that platform now to speak on that. Like, he, he has played a full season. He's done really well. Um, he's off to a decent start this year. Obviously, you know, he came out what, last night and, you know, homered in his first at bat. Yeah. Um, then hit a double, um, you know. So he, on some degree, yeah, he has a platform to speak on in terms of, you know, nobody gave me a chance. Like, you know, I feel disrespected. And no one did. And no one did. Look look at everybody that, that he passed over. Okay, the three outfielders that the Cardinals were kind of banking on were Randall Grichick, Stephen Biscotti, and Oscar Tavares. Oscar Tavares, already know what happened. No Rest in to, peace. Yeah, no need to discuss that. But like with Randall Grichick and Stephen Biscotti, where are they now? Yeah. Stephen Biscotti's in Oakland and Randall Grichick's up north yeah. in Toronto with the Blue Jays. Yeah. So that should almost tell you everything that you need to know that the Cardinals have finally bought in the Tommy fam. Mm-hmm. But I have a feeling that they really haven't. No. Because even though they, they gave him that contract, that they, they, or they offered him a two-year extension. I forgot what the money was. I just know it was a two-year extension. Eight million, I want to say? I think to- that, that, that sounds about right. Yeah. Um, and Tommy Pham rejected it because he's banking on himself, and why not? And I think I think there's probably maybe a little bit of bitterness 
between oh. the club and the player. If you're the player, I'm totally on Tommy's side on this one. Yeah. Considering how poorly he was treated. What was that one year when Brandon Moss was like nine for 91 or something paltry like that? Yeah. And Mike Matheny kept running him out there. Mm-hmm. Wasn't giving Tommy Pham a chance. No. Remember last year, the, the whole Matt Adams experience with him in left field. Yeah. What are you doing? Right. Putting Matt Adams out in left field. Yeah, he can, he can hit, kind of. But he's no outfielder, no, none whatsoever. Why aren't you giving Tommy Pham a chance? Yeah, it, so I don't blame him for being bitter. Oh, after all that, you and then you read the article, you feel definitely like he's justified in you know what he said. Um, yeah, I mean, he'd been passed over for the longest time. It's really just a, it's almost a heartwarming story to see someone bank on themselves so much and a professional athlete to a sense like. You know, on one hand, you have like a guy who seems very demonstrative and maybe not so humble and very braggy and just out there. But at the same hand, you have a guy who is so humble that he's willing to bet on himself and continue to play his game and do the things that he wants to do to help better the team. I don't know. To me, I read that article and I was like, man, I'm fired up. I'm inspired. I am too. I'm inspired by him. I was inspired by him last year. This was after Johnny Peralta was let go. And Johnny Peralta last year was terrible. He needed to go. Yeah. But, I mean, that's a different kind of brotherhood when you're in that locker room. Yeah. And Tommy Pham spoke up, and he's like, yeah, you know, all Peralta did was just show up and do his job. Now, mm-hmm. poorly, I may add, but he right. just showed up. Right. And he said that he how he wasn't a part of the ping, uh, the ping pong club <laughs> or the, the chess club or the video game club. Yeah. And when he said that, I'm like, okay, I'm starting to wonder if maybe the clubhouse is a little too clickish. You're always going to have clicks at every clubhouse. As much as you want to try to not have them, right. you're always going to have them. You're always going to have, you know, the Latin players are going to hang out, the players that are certain from a, a, a certain, you know, a regional part of the country, they're always going to hang out, like the California kids or the Florida kids or the kids from up north or whatever. You're always going to have those clicks, but sometimes if it's too clickish, they can really tear the clubhouse apart. Yeah. I think, honestly, you know, even after this article, and to your point, it really kind of signifies that kind of changing of the guard that's taking place internally within the organization. I mean, you have guys like Adam Wainwright who are kind of on their last leg in terms of pitching career. Yadier Molina, like we keep saying that he's going to die, but you know, he keeps on performing, but conceivably, yeah, he's probably got two or three more years left before age just really takes over. And so you see that old guard kind of come out and maybe this is the new wave that comes in kind of the attitude that the Cardinals will adapt. The clickish thing that that, you, that you're talking about. Remember a few episodes ago, I mentioned the, the that there is a problem with Yadier Molina. Yes, I think that's what it is. is you, that, th- you think he's part of the click? I think I think he's the click organizer. I think people want to be part of Yadier's click. See, I don't. I think it's. I think it starts and ends with Matheny. Honestly, I think it does too. he sets that tone. Really? In the, I he yeah, sets I'm, the I'm, tone I'm in that clubhouse, and it's more or less. Now, I will say that Matheny came after, but you know, in terms of being a coach, but he set that. He set the tone in that clubhouse when he was a player, and he's continuing that that tone, you know, even as a manager now. The manager sets. You're talking about tone. The manager sets the tone of the clubhouse. More baseball, more than anything else. Okay, yeah. at, at football, you have the head coach. In basketball, you have the head coach. In hockey, you have the head coach. In baseball, you have a manager. He's not the head coach. He's the manager. So he's the one that kind of gets everybody on the same page. Make sure that everybody is is you know knows what their job is, know what they have to do. But we've all worked in offices before, and it, you figure it's, it's got to be at least somewhat of the same dynamic. These are your coworkers, and yeah, you have your boss setting the tone of the office. But then there's cliques of people that hang out together and do things together, and exclude other people. 
That's true, but you think about it too. I mean, the overall tone is still there, though. Like those clicks exist because the tone exists. If you think about and, that, well, but some of those clicks are just going to happen. They're going to naturally, naturally ha- like, right? The, and the, that's the, fine. The, yeah. the single people are going to hang out with the single people, and the married people are going to hang out with the married people. So Tommy Pham is just a single guy, and everyone else is married at this point. Kind of, sort of. Yeah, that's what it kind of <laughs> seems like. Tommy, it, Tommy Pham, the new single guy on the Cardinals. But I mean. There's no way that if you're John Mozeliak or if you're Mike Matheny, you read that SI article and you're happy. Oh, no. You're not pleased at all. You're not oh, happy at all. Oh, no. Mm-mm. At all. Because he kind of makes them both look like fools. Do you think he took a trip up to John Mozeliak's office at some I don't think point he today? Give, I really don't think he gives a damn. I don't think he gives a damn. I'm just asking you if he, you think he, he, he had made it. it. He, he, he made it perfectly clear in the article. <laughs> Oh, that he doesn't give a damn. That he didn't no. give a damn. Go yeah. ahead, trade me. Actually, he'll probably be thankful if he got traded. And I'll be honest with you, I would not be surprised if the Cardinals did trade him. It, it would not surprise me whatsoever. Because they have Har- be- because they have Harrison Bader. They have, well, and that's the other thing too. And what this kind of and it plays into a couple different situations, but more so from a larger standpoint, like a ten mile up standpoint, is what the Cardinals kind of suffer from is when they get an overwhelming amount of assets, like they truly don't know how to manage. And you're seeing that even today, like Jack Flaherty goes out and throws, you know, solid six innings, nine strikeouts, and then gets it down. There's underlying factor to that. Obviously, Adam Wainwright's like $19 million contract comes into play. He definitely, you know, deserves to at least pitch one last season. But you're seeing now that the Cardinals, when they get a gluttony of talent, they really don't know how to really manage it in terms of personality or just from an organizational standpoint. Cardinal fans are not are, are not going to like what I'm about to say. Oh no! But there are three letters that need to be assigned or that need to go to Adam Wainwright at Matt underscore Burger at Matt underscore Burger. Come at me, I don't care. But Adam Wainwright needs to have three letters right behind his name. DFA. <laughs> that I will would never happen. It'll never happen. But I'm saying I'm not saying it, it should or that it will happen. But I'm telling you, it should happen. There would be riots outside of Bush. I don't care. More than there already I, I, are. I really don't. The, the Cardinals need someone who's going to kind of come in and kick ass and not really give a shit what people think. Yeah. I No, I completely agree. I just think that that really can't take effect until you get a new manager. Or Mike Matheny does a 180 in terms of personality because he starts and ends that – I mean, he sets the tone in that clubhouse and anything that's against that tone or that kind of – you know, demonstration is it's not going to be looked at highly. Adam Wainwright has been a great Cardinal. Yes. I think his number will eventually be retired. He'll be, he'll be a Cardinal Hall, not retired, but he'll be a Cardinal Hall of Famer. There's not one doubt in my mind. And he'll never have to pay for another meal or a drink in St. Louis for as long no. as he lives. No. But he's done. He was done last year. He's done. To expect anything out of him this year, I think, is you're really fooling yourself. And all you're doing is that you're slowing down the progression of some of the younger pitchers like a Jack Flaherty and yep. like a Luke Weaver yep. and then like a Reyes whenever he comes back. All for yep. Adam. I mean, and that's the baseball sense of it. And and, and, and that's, that's what needs to be done. It's that's what I'm talking sense. about. We're talking about hope traffic in the feel-good again when it comes to Adam Wainwright. Yep. The, the organization owes Adam Wainwright nothing. Zero. Not a damn thing. Adam Wainwright, he's never going to have to work another day for the rest of his life. No. His kids are never going to have to work another day for the rest of their lives. Provided he invests well, his grandkids are never going to have to work another day in their lives. Right. Yeah. So what does, this or- what does this organization owe Adam Wainwright? Nothing. $19 million. That's it. Well, hey, pay him. Pay him. Pay that man money. Okay, and he's still going to get it. He's going to get it. Yeah. He's going to get it. And, this, and the Cardinals can't afford it. Jesus Christ. The, the, the Fox uh, the Fox Sports Midwest TV contract is kicking in this year. Yep. That is a $1 billion contract over 10 years. Mm-hmm. 
They've got more money than they know what to do with. They can afford the $19 million hit they'll take on they're, Adam Wainwright. They're cheap, and I'm tired of it. <laughs> we are the best fans in baseball. They have a Fox Sports Midwest contract. I am tired of it. If you're truly tired of it, you'll be agreeing with me when it comes to Adam Wainwright. And this no, is nothing I, personal. I, no, no, no. Yeah. I think Adam Wainwright's a great guy, but he is Dunsky. Yeah. It's, and, and Jack Flaherty is ready. He's the future. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how much of the game you he's guys the watched present. last night. but He is the present. Well, he's the present and he's the future. Yeah, right. But, he, I mean, like, he had nine, stri- nine strikeouts. He, I mean, I'm talking silly strikeouts. Absolutely crazy. <laughs> yeah. And Luke Weaver, I mean, he, he has a – well, he did pitch so far this – or he pitched one game so far this year. But Luke Weaver has been better than I thought he was going to be. Yeah. Work, work with me on this thought process. Did they send him down to let Wainwright start the – Home opener? Home opener. Wouldn't and then, and then DFA him. No. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, actually, that would be kind of a good thing to do. Let Adam Wainwright have his last game at Bush Stadium so he can, you know, say hello to the fans, whatever. But Adam Wainwright, he's going to, I mean, it's a hamstring injury. That, that's the reason why he's on the DL. How, how old is Adam Wainwright? Was he 36, 37? I think he was born in 1980. I think he might be 38 this year. Okay. I mean, I'll look it up. So, I mean, those soft, uh, those soft tissue injuries, when you're that old, they don't just go away. They don't. They nag all year long. So he's going to be on the DL probably again this year. I would I'll, say t- I'll tell you how it's going to go down is Adam Wainwright's going to pitch until about June. And then he's going to have one of those famous phantom DL stints where nobody really knows actually what's the wrong dead, with him. The dead arm. The dead arm or yeah. like just fatigue. And Flaherty's going to come back up. Wainwright's going to move to the bullpen. Calling, Gorda, it, ca- calling it right now. He'll be 37 on August 30th. Okay. So... Damn. Yeah, he's in his late thirties. Yeah, those those soft tissue injuries don't they don't just go away. So this is going to be something that's going to nag him all year. Phantom DL, I'm telling you, it's going to happen. It, it happens every year to at least one player. It <laughs> happened to him last year too. Yeah. So I like I, I I don't take any pride in saying this. I'm not saying this just to be like a hot take machine. No, I'm just saying it to be honest. And I agree wholeheartedly. I appreciate your honesty. Thank you. <laughs> I mean. A lot of people usually don't, especially when it comes to Adam Wainwright. Because, I mean, the, the B-Fib, they, they get all doe-eyed over their, the people that they love. Yeah. You know, and I, and I do, I get it. But like, when it comes to me, when it comes to sports, I, I don't, you know, soak in the feel-good. I just don't. Well, well, I think what B-Fib suffers from a lot is they don't truly appreciate or understand the fact that it's still much a, very much a business. It is a business. Like baseball, yeah. yes, it's a game, it's, and you could fall in love, but it is a business at the end of the day. And it's, and it's it, only a more business. More every year. And it's only a business whenever a player isn't playing well. Right. That's when it's really a business. Yeah. Because as soon as someone's not playing well, what's the first thing they bring up? Well, just trade them. No. What's the first thing they bring up when someone's not playing well? Oh, why? They're do- cheap. <laughs> no, no. I'm not, why do we get? Why I'm, we I'm give them that? Con- player. Why oh. we give them that why contract? Why give them that contract? Yeah. Yeah. What did we hear about Colton Wong when he struck? We really started struggling two years ago. It was a terrible contract. It was a terrible contract. It was a five-year, twenty-five million dollar contract. Five million dollars a year is nothing when it comes to baseball contracts. That's a hell of a deal. That is nothing. I mean, for even what he puts out there, like $5 million, is, that's yes. a steal. <laughs> that, that's a steal. Adam Wainwright career earnings, $108 million, Okay, $49,500. Yeah, the, the organization really owes him. I think we're he's yeah he's going to be fine. He'll be just financially. Okay. Yes. I, honestly, and that does not include the 19 or the 18 or 19 he's making this year. Okay, so he's making like 120 million. He's made 120 million in his life. No, 100. It'd be almost 130. Just in salary million. alone. Just in salary just, alone. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, how many? He doesn't get a whole lot of endorsements, though. Still, I mean, he's professional. He's he, probably he looking. He did have to pay that one percent earnings tax in the city, though. <laughs> you think he lives in the city? He's just like all of no, us. No, he works in the city. That's, well, that's true. He works in the city. He's a county guy for sure, though. Absolutely. There's no <laughs> way he's not living by Ronnie's Auto Body in North County. He's you don't think? He, no. You, you don't think he bought one of those uh, new penthouses, uh, ball, <laughs> Ballpark Village penthouses? He lives over on Wash Ave. <laughs> Over in the Knickerbocker building. Yeah, yeah totally. I'm sure he does. He probably lives out in town and country next to Doug Vaughn. Oh, man. Probably. Probably a great set of neighbors out there. Probably. probably. He probably have, there's no way he has neighbors. He's Actually, like, he's, he's got to be on acreage. I think, he, think? I think he probably lives in Atlanta. I think he lives in Georgia. Hometown. But he, he probably just has like a, a townhouse or an apartment out here. No. He's been here for... He does that. have the biggest state down there outside of Atlanta. No, I think like during the off season, I think he oh, lives in Georgia. Season, off oh, yeah. season, yeah. yeah, he does not live here I, all year. I don't around. think he. I think he's. I bet he's got a house. I bet he's got. Actually, I know for a fact he's got a house because I met him when I was working at a Whole Foods in town and country. And whenever he had the surgery um, on the elbow, when was that? Twenty. What, how, which surgery? He's had. So yeah, many you're of right. Them. <laughs> so this would have been 2011. 2011. Um, he walked into the Whole Foods in town and country with his wife and kids. During season, so I know for a fact he lives up here. Okay, so the well, I mean, he lives up here during the season. During the season, yeah, yeah, I, and I think that once his uh, his playing career is done, whenever that may be, I mean, it's going to be this year. This yeah. is the last year of his contract. If they like give him an extension, I will riot by myself. Do you think he gets the David Ross treatment in terms of uh, let's have a celebration for every ballpark that he goes <laughs> to i don't yeah. last last game at uh you know comiskey field or, could, you, could you imagine the reception he'll get at uh at city field in new york against geez. the Mets or up in wrigley they're probably ready to see him go at this point but um when adam uh, when wainwright finally decides that he's done i mean he's not living here when yeah. his career's over no he'll, he'll I, be I, back I, in georgia I, i'll go with you on that i'll go with you on that didn't seem didn't seem like too many Cardinal players really stick around here. Ozzy Smith did. I mean, they do tell us outside people tell us that St. Louis is just a terrible place to live. Well, the, the, the weird you, thing if, is the hockey players stay. If you ask Jason Hayward, St. Louis is the worst place to live. <laughs> okay, look at look at Jason Hayward's ankle though. If you're a young single guy making you know that kind of money, you don't want to hang around here. Either. You need good ankles to live in St. Louis. Yeah, there are once you. Once you finish running through all the women at the uh, at the wheelhouse, where are you going to go? Carlos Martinez still does though. He's still there. He's at, at the it. wheelhouse. Oh, he's getting it at wheelhouse. <laughs> is he really? Carlos Martinez is a wheelhouse guy. Let me he tell you. So when bunch of fan probably is too. When Oscar was still alive, they were hanging out here at Big Daddy's in Edwardsville. Oh, were they really? They were, they were both tagging a couple. Right, allegedly, wow. allegedly, <laughs> allegedly, uh, they, they were hanging out with some girls from SIU. Oh well. And well, so they and, were they were doing Thursday nights, big party night in Edwardsville up at of Big Daddy's. The funniest thing in that SI piece with Tommy Pham, <laughs> when he was talking about how he's learning Spanish, not because he wants to communicate with his teammates. No, better. he wants to talk to girls. I, I, I like the way Spanish girls look. I'm trying to land me a Spanish girl. <laughs> I'm like, there you go. He's married, though. Tommy Is Pham it? isn't or married. He? No. I thought he was. Uh-uh. No, that's I'm thinking of Fowler. What am I saying? Yeah, Fowler. Now Fowler's wife. I follow her on Twitter. She's a hoot. She's funny as hell. She is a hoot because she went to the the uh, Blues game recently. Oh yeah, and she tweeted out, "Why didn't someone tell me about hockey before?" It's, oh, is that her? It, yeah, it's 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 passionate and violent, and the fans are drunk and passionate. Is right up my alley. So yeah, she's she's funny. Dexter Fowler's funny too. Yeah, he is. Funny. He's a great he's a great follow on Twitter. He is definitely and something. So back to the fam thing. 
um, and something just popped in my mind and when I was watching the game last night. After Fam hit the home run, him and Dexter had kind of their own personal celebration, and Dexter was obviously telling him, like, you got, you know, pumping him up, like, yeah. after the article. Like, he probably had a really rough day yesterday from all the backlash he got, but do you think that Tommy Fam and kind of his attitude attracts other potential free agent players? Do free agent players look at this kind of thing and say, I want to go play with that guy? Yeah, absolutely. If you if you read that thing in Tom, about Tommy Fam, that Tommy Fam article in Sports Illustrated, how do you not want to go to war with that guy? I'm I'm thinking the same thing. I I, I mean I look at it as a positive angle. Like I I want to suit up right now and go play with that Absolutely. guy. Absolutely, I would I will I will follow. What was that line that uh, Christopher Montalsante had in The Sopranos? I will follow that man to the gates of hell. About Tony <laughs> Soprano, I mean Tommy Fam. He's that he's that kind of guy. Yeah. Now is he the type of player that? that it's going to attract other free agents. I mean, I'm not sure exactly how that kind of works in baseball because baseball is a individual sport masquerading as a team sport. It is. It is. So, I mean, when you're up there at home plate, you're up there by yourself. When right. you're out there in the field, you're kind of by yourself. Yeah. So I'm not sure it's, it's how much like, you know, hey, I really want to go play with that guy. It's not like the NFL where, you know, you're dependent on another position is very individual sport. Yeah, I mean, like, if you're a wide receiver, you want to play with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, you, you want to play you, with a good quarterback who's going to get you, you get, Absolutely, you get that. Yeah. Or if you're a, a quarterback, you're kind of like, uh, uh, yeah. Um, I want to go throw to Odell Beckham. <laughs> yeah, AJ, AJ Green, I, yeah, I wouldn't mind having some of that. Yeah. yeah he, can, he can join my team. According to St. Louis County tax records, Adam Wainwright does not own property in St. Louis County. Okay. <laughs> he must have moved. His parents don't either. He so must he, have moved. Oh, no, he probably rents. Or he probably. And rents I'm say he call. probably. I wonder if he does like what McGuire did and just it rents the one of the apartments at the Ritz or something. Yeah, that's probably what he does. Yeah, if I had to guess. Yeah, I mean, why were you going to buy a house up here? Because whenever you're done, then you got to go through selling it. You got to maintain it. You know, whenever you're not here. Yeah. No, I mean, financially, it makes a heck of a, especially when you get traded and stuff. Like, Absolutely, that's a nightmare. Switching kids from schools. That's why I was never a professional athlete, I think. Because you, yeah, didn't, you want to own, you don't want to rent? No, I just didn't want to deal with all of that. You know, <laughs> I had the talent, and I was just so good, and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to hang it up right now. I don't want to do it. There I want to deal with it. There should be a new part of the podcast, all the reasons why Clay is not a professional athlete. Right. One, just, one, number just, one is... Just let him go for an hour. Number one is Karataconis. There you go. Karataconis. Your, 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 your vision. Clearly have that. Yep. Uh, number two, I just didn't want to deal with... Moving my future kids, schools. Yeah, that's that, what it is. That's it. You, yeah, you really and Mike, you and Mike Hampton. Yep. Remember Mike Hampton? He decided he wanted to go to Denver because of the school system. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How accidental is that? Forget the fact they're giving me the most amount of money. Man, these the school systems school. out here in the Denver area are just top notch. You take your hat off to the guys who make that decision, though. I mean, the original? For, the, for their kids, like in one hand, professional. Just athlete. say you're doing it because they're paying me the most <laughs> amount of money. Don't be giving me some I'm, kind of BS about I'm, how the school systems are great. I'm trying to give people the benefit of the doubt. Oh, stop it. Benefit of oh, the doubt. Oh, goodness, but goodness. Tommy Pham, hey, I got your back, brother. I, I mean, there's a lot of people out there who probably, I mean, they're always going to be cheering for you as long as you're a Cardinal, but there's going to be a lot of people who are going to be secretly happy whenever you do fail, if you do fail. Mm-hmm. I, I, I got his back 100%. He's, he's my favorite Cardinal right now. I'm on that ship for as long as it sails, for sure. Yeah. He, he is uh, just really great for the game of baseball in terms of a guy who just goes out and does everything he can. And he's really good for this organization. The organization needed a player like this, honestly. Team Tommy. Team Tommy. Team Tommy. 
You're listening to the Last Man Up podcast, part of the St. Louis Podcast Network. Matt Berger and Clay Byersdorfer, Andy Hanselman alongside. Very happy to have on the phone with us uh, the WWE Hall of Famer and two-time Slammy Award winner, including one for Best Head in 1987. WrestleMania 34 is this Sunday live on pay-per-view. And the Andre the Giant documentary will air on HBO April 10th. The one and only Mr. Mean Gene Oakland. Mr. Oakland, how are you? Matthew, if I were any better, I'd be doing time someplace. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, WrestleMania 34 is, is this Sunday in New Orleans, and, and I don't know why uh, you are not the, the, the Dosecki's world's most interesting man, because I know you've been all over. In New Orleans, where's the best place to get a drink? Where's the best place to get a meal? And where's the best place to get a lap dance? Well, that entire city, of course, is wide open for a cocktail, and tons of good food in the in the Big Easy. I like Arnaud's. I like uh, Moran's. I like the Commander's Palace. Uh, you know, I've got a good friend down there by the name of uh, uh, Aaron Neville, oh, who yeah. I spent a lot of time with. He he he's been with us for many years, and of course that's his town. So he's kind of my uh, guide dog. What about a lap dance? Where's the best place to get a lap dance in New Orleans? Lap dance is at the back door. <laughs> <laughs> now, how the hell would you ask me a question like that, and I could give you an immediate answer? We could have a whole podcast just dedicated to right? that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, I and, know... Uh, Go ahead, sir. I hope I'm not, not under arrest. <laughs> I hope you're not either, sir. Now... Yeah. Uh, I know that this Sunday they're also going to have the uh, the new inductees into the Hall of Fame for the WWE. I know. Gil- actually, actually, Matthew, I don't want to correct you on that, but that's going to be on Friday night. Okay, that's going to be Friday night. That the, the, the Hall of Fame is going to be taking. That's a, that's the first first time since uh, I can remember that we moved it back from Saturday night to a Friday night. Uh, Bill Gold. So, I know Bill Goldberg is being inducted. Who who else is going in, sir? Well, uh, I've got I've got a lot of people going in there. Is uh, Hillbilly Jim, of course, who was uh, part of the Legends House, will be going in. Hillbilly, I I just don't know. He didn't have a lot of matches because of injuries, but uh, certainly was a big part of uh, WWE for many many years. You're also going to be seeing the Dudley Boys, who I love those guys. You know, I, I uh, Big Sexy, Kevin Nash, told me they were identical twins. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and then I caught, him on, I caught him on the bulb, and it was uh, Bubba and Devon, so I couldn't uh, quite buy that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I know that you're very proud uh, of, being in, of being a part of the WWE. Uh, did you ever think that whenever the first WrestleMania was, you know, 33 years ago, that you would there would ever be a 34th? Uh, I never quite looked that far uh, out, out front. But, uh, you know, now that I see everything that's happened in the past, it certainly doesn't surprise me. Uh, it, 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 it just is getting bigger and better every year. And you know what? This card, it's just tough to beat. They they've got for Sunday, you know, with uh, with all of the uh, the talent that's on top there, you got Brock and uh, and Reigns and and uh, you got uh, 
uh, Kurt Angle teaming up with uh, uh, that that sweetheart from UFC, Ronda Rousey. Yes, and that, yeah, right. And they're going to be facing Hunter and Stephanie, the uh, the, the husband and wife team. Yeah. So, you know, I think there's a lot to be had there. Plus, there's triple threats. I mean, you got everything up and down the line. I think it's going to be a great night. And uh, New Orleans deserves that, but the world gets it on pay-per-view. Or now we get it, of course, on uh, on just about any device, no on demand. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, G- you could probably you could probably get it on your uh, on your pacemaker. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be the day for sure. Uh, Gene, you kind of already talked about it a little bit, but talk to us a little bit about you know what's changed the most for you personally and just wrestling in general. Uh, WrestleMania 34. Uh, you know, just talk to us about what you've seen change the most over the last uh, you know couple of years. Well, I'm I'm going to go back further than that because please uh, do obviously. Yeah, I I go back. Uh, you know, I mean, way back into the uh, the late '60s, early '70s. And uh, I'm getting to be kind of a uh, ancient piece of work here. Oh, you're spring chicken. WWE, but I will say I'm still working for the company, and I'm very happy at 75 years of age to uh, be doing a lot of things that some of my other brethren are either not here to do or not capable of doing. So uh, uh, I've, I've seen the thing morph into what we have today from the WrestleMania ones and, of course, that, that golden era back in the 80s and the early 90s. And then, of course, my tenure in WCW, crazy things like the Nitro Girls. I don't want to hear about that. And Stacey <laughs> Keebler. Are you still there, sir? I, I, I haven't lost you, right? No, no there you good. are. We still got you. Okay. Yeah. Um, Go but, ahead. But there's just just so many things that I can see from the past, and then take a look at the future, and uh, it's really been a very very exciting journey for me. Gene, have you spent much time here in St. Louis with the old wrestling at the Chase, and you know going to like see Dick the Bruiser and all those old guys when they were big here in the late seventies and early eighties? Well, I tell you what, I, I I certainly did, and Sam Mushnick was. Uh, a very dear, close personal, longtime friend of mine. But you know, your your great one there, Larry Matasek, who uh, held that mic for so many years, uh, having some uh, health problems, health issues. But uh, we wish him nothing but the best. But the talent that came out of that town, guys, you would not believe. Out of St. Louis, Pat O'Connor, Harley Race was in and out. And, I mean, all of the NWA champions, including the nature boy, Ric Flair. Woo! <laughs> of course, we all have to do Stop that. Stop that. <laughs> so I'm in the age range to where I remember things like Saturday night's main event. Talk to me a little mm. bit about, about how that came about when, and, and what, if you thought that was a big success and one of your best memories from, from, from doing the Saturday night, Saturday night main event. Well, the Saturday night's main event, of course, was the brainchild of uh, both Vince McMahon and former chairman of NBC Sports News and just about everything, Dick Eversall, a very bright young man. Incredibly talented. Uh, they, they, they collaborated, and 
they put that thing together. It was initially just kind of a replacement once a month for Saturday Night Live. But then it took the primetime role and became even more successful. And I think one of the crazy things, it was live television back then, guys. And uh, Hulk Hogan and myself were doing something on the air. Uh, it involved the Macho Man and Miss Elizabeth at the time. And uh, Hulk gave me a little squeeze and asked me, he said, are we off the air? And I said, no, we are not. <laughs> so Saturday- uh, that, 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 became, that became part of uh, Saturday Night's main event uh, uh, historical value. And uh, but it was a lot of fun. It really was. It really was the precursor to Raw, correct? Monday Night well, Raw. It, it, yeah, it, it it was. If you recall, that was when uh, we broke out with the two referees who were identical twins. Yes, <laughs> turned out to be the Hebners. Yeah, I remember that. Dave and no. uh, and his brother, whatever the guy's name was, but they were identical. And man, that blew me away when that happened, <laughs> because I wasn't even smartened up to it. <laughs> they kept that secret pretty, uh, pretty much under wraps. Then, if you didn't even know about it, no. But I mean, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people didn't know about it. Moving uh, up, Dave, Dave, and Earl, the Hebner brothers. Yeah, I remember that. I have to remember that. Right. Moving up to current product, Roman Reigns has a huge, huge fight this weekend against Brock Lesnar. Mm-hmm. What is yeah, and, what is the deal with Roman Reigns? I know they want him to be a face, and but does he, the the crowds just will, will not buy into it? They just will not buy into him being a good guy. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I I, I, I kind of wonder about the setup on that because uh, Roman Reigns, I think, could uh, very don't don't take this wrong, but he could go either way. <laughs> <laughs> and and what I'm talking about. Is a, a baby face or a heel? Or a heel, right. Yes, yeah. thank, you, thank you for the clarification. There's, there's a lot of, lot of conjecture within the rank and file as to whether Brock Lesnar is even going to be with WWE from here on out. Uh, after the event, he has no contract in place, at least to the best of my knowledge, not signed, sealed, or anywhere near delivered. And uh, I've even heard tales that Paul Heyman may be looking for something outside of the ranks of WWE. So I think that's kind of a smoke signal, guys, for where we're at with that situation. I uh, I think that Roman Reigns has got a lot of talent. He certainly has paid his dues now because they had him up on that uh, pedestal maybe three years ago, and uh, none of that ever worked out for him. But uh, this might be the WrestleMania that catapults Raymond, uh, Roman Reigns into uh, into another position within the company. I got to tell you that one of the only reasons I watch Raw is for Paul Heyman. He is, I mean, next to you, sir, he's probably the best guy on the mic ever. Oh, I love him. He's a great stick man. Unbelievable. And, uh, yeah. And, but, but he certainly, uh, you know, paid his dues, too. I mean, trying to set that ECW thing up for years. And uh, that not quite working out. He uh, he had a tap out on that thing a number of years ago, and they kind of morphed that into a WWE as they did with WCW. And uh, here we go. The whole thing is, I think, a very presentable package. 
but I think this Sunday is going to be something exceptional. If you take a look at everything that's on that on that card, it's uh, it's going to be a, a great one. The legendary Gene Okerlund joining us right now on the phone. You can follow him on Twitter at the Gene Okerlund. Uh, Tuesday will be the airing of the Andre the Giant documentary on HBO. Uh, when you first met Andre, what was your initial impression of him? Well, I, 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 you know, he was not an easy guy to get to know initially, uh, both for, for me and from his side. I had no clue what he thought of me. He probably thought, who is this clown in the goofy sport coats back then? Hmm. And uh, I'm trying to take a look at the guy that got his clothes that looked like they were out of the uh, the drapes of a Ramada Inn. <laughs> you know, I mean, every, every everything was polyester. The shoes were made in Japan. My God, they were 23 or 24. And uh, they had it all be custom made. But uh, as I got to kind of get to know Andre a little bit, we would have a cocktail, a beverage together. Then it was uh, cribbage. The next thing, who knows? It was gin rummy. <laughs> mm-hmm. So he was a card player and a drinker, so we had a lot in common. <laughs> what, what is your favorite memory of him, sir? Oh, my God. I've got so many great memories of uh, Andre. He was, uh, he was good to be with. I'll tell you one thing. If uh, you were not a, uh, a friend or an accepted brethren of his, you were in deep doo-doo because uh, if he didn't like you, you were in trouble, and especially within the organization. He could cut people off right at the legs. He was a very powerful man, believe it or not. I was watching the the trailer for the HBO documentary, and the very first scene is you interviewing Andre, and he takes his hand, and his whole hand like almost engulfs your head. It was it's so crazy to think about what a, a physical phenomenon he was. Well, you know, I'm not a, a diminutive person, for God's sakes. I'm I'm five nine and I weigh two hundred and sixteen pounds, so I'm not not a small guy. Not at all. No. But, uh, I probably probably was guys that I did not have a big head. Get that? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Get that? You got that. <laughs> right. uh, final question, sir, and we appreciate you. Give me you. that again. Did you get that? <laughs> we got it, brother. We, we, got, yeah, it. we got it. Uh, final question this evening, sir, and we really do appreciate you making time for us. Where can I get a copy of Red Devil, Do You Remember, or Is It Ever Going to Happen, Holly, by your high school band, Gene Carroll in the Shades? Okay, what you need to do there, guys, very simple. Go to NortonRecords.com and uh, order up multiple copies because soon they're going to be out. That's what I've heard. The supply is limited, and now is the time. Sir, Does that sound like an old 900 number? Yes, it, yes, it did. Absolutely. But wait, so, like there's time more. Life, time Life music. I like it. Yeah. No, it is. Norton, NortonRecords.com. They have endless supplies, actually. Because uh, they can, the minute we get the orders in, they can prim. But uh, that's uh, some nostalgia from, by God, I hate to say this, 55 years ago. How do you keep your voice oh. in, in such a great shape? Because you're 75, but your pipes are still top notch. How, how do you keep? How do you keep your voice so maintained? Well, those are with a very refined and uh, complicated concoction. 
that I uh, I consume every day at about five o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> and uh, is that a, a single malt or double malt scotch? It's double. There we go. <laughs> you you knew that. I knew that, sir. <laughs> it, yeah. Also, a new drink that I have at the golf course called the Okerlund, and that's a combination of kettle one straight up, just a splash of soda. And even a twinkle of cranberry juice. A twinkle of cranberry. I like it. It sounds refreshing with a head <laughs> next time I'm out. Uh, well, it'll keep, it'll keep you fresh. There you go. Sounds like it. Uh, Gene, uh, safe travels to New Orleans, my friend. Uh, so good to hear you. And enjoy WrestleMania 34. You truly are a national treasure. Guys, I always appreciate time with you. Take care. Enjoy the week. Thank you, Gene. Thank you, Gene. That is WWE Hall of Famer, uh, Mean Gene Okerlund. You can follow him on Twitter at the Gene Okerlund. He really is one of the very best. You're listening to the Last Man Up podcast, part of the St. Louis Podcast Network, stlpodcast.com. Matt Berger, Clay, uh, Clay Byersdorfer are alongside handsome Andy Hanselman behind the dials. You can follow Hi. me. You can follow me on Twitter at Matt underscore Berger. Follow Clay at Ton of Clayton, and you can follow Andy at Emo6. This is the uh, the week of the Masters. And uh, what is a realistic expectation for Tiger Woods? At the Masters top this 10 year. finish. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking top 10 finish. I don't think that he's really going to be in the mix on Sunday as much as people want him to be. I don't think he's going to be a serious threat to win it. Oh, but I, that's a hot take. You don't think he's a serious no. threat? Tiger at the Masters? No, he's no. Not, not a serious take. Not a serious, no, not at all. I don't wow. think he's a serious threat at all. Gosh. Uh, a tradition unlike any <laughs> it's other. A tradition unlike any other. Do you guys know who Kyle Brandt is? No. He is on a show on the NFL Network called Good Morning Football. I think he was, he's one of those rare people that started on a reality show and kind of has really morphed it into a career in broadcasting. Because I think he was Jim Rome's producer for a while. And now he's on Good Morning Football. He's a good follow on Twitter, too, because he's funny. Yeah. And he says that every year he takes a nap during the Masters. He's called, he calls it Masters Nap. Oh, oh yeah. No. And someone's like, how can you nap during the Masters? He goes, Masters Nap is undefeated. <laughs> yeah, he, he's a funny guy. So I'll, I'll get behind that. I mean, you watch the Masters for an extended period of time. It's hard not to fall asleep oh, watching golf. Oh, well, so yeah. Sleepy. Because, I mean. Sunday, though, it's, I'm, it's, I'm locked in all Sunday. You know, the, the, the whispering ghosts of Ben Hogan and <laughs> Walter Hagen flow. Like the wind through the Georgia It's like they're singing you a lullaby. Jim Nance just just lullabies me to sleep. Hello, friends. If you're Jim Nance, man, how do you you go from the national title game, you hop on a private plane, you land in a a big He has a big week. Every year he has a big week. Just carrying carrying that picture of toast in his pocket. That is not bad. But um, I think Tiger Woods, I think if he finishes top 10, for him I would consider that a success. Because it wasn't that long ago where he was missing cuts. He does not consider that. Success. Well, whatsoever. no, of course not. I mean, he anything he'll consider finishing second a failure. He yeah. wants to win. Yeah, these are Tiger Woods expectations. I think that's. I'm a, just saying that you know a realistic expectation for Tiger Woods is is you know a top ten finish. I have a DraftKings lineup that I think could win some pretty big money. Let's hear it. <laughs> Rory McIlroy. Okay. The actual the actual favorite. And I think you have to have. Four guys make the cut, 
in order for you to make in order for you decent to, to, to get payout. Yeah. So that's so that, so just think about this. Okay. okay. Rory McIlroy, Sergio Garcia, Kevin Kisner, Phil Mickelson, Patrick Reed, Charlie Hoffman. There you go. I got one too. I'm gonna pull it up right now. Oh, look at you guys. Now, I've only done daily fantasy for football. I haven't done it for anything else. I, I I'm in a pool or not a pool, but I'm in a group chat, and we do like big occasion. We don't play a lot every Sunday during NFL season. We play DraftKings. Um, but we do special events like this for the Masters. So I'm going to read you my DraftKings lineup right now. Okay. Um, we have, come on, come on, pull it up. I have um, Sergio Garcia, uh, Travis Hatton, Kucher, uh, Bubba Watson, and then I have the illustrious Tiger Woods. Bubba Watson is your dark horse. Bubba Watson is my dark horse. We talked about this before the the show started that, He's playing really well right now, and I, I, I got a good feeling about him. I think Dustin Johnson is going to win it. I just, I don't know, just call it a gut feeling, considering that he was a favorite going into the Masters last year. Had that freak accident where he was like slipping, wearing socks, and hurt his ankle or whatever it was, and couldn't play. Mm-hmm. He was playing really well going into the Masters. I think that this is going to be his year for some reason. I, I like, I like DJ in this one. Yeah, um, he's not playing as well as the other guys. The proximity to whole statistic, he's down low. Is he? Yeah. Hmm. And basically what that means is that it's how close you are to the pin on average with, with an approach shot with, with, with the greens and regulation. If, if you're a CBS executive, you're dreaming of a Sunday final showing, like the final pairing would be Jordan Spieth and Tiger Woods. Oh, 100%. They mean you or would- Phil and Tiger. Or Phil and Tiger, any kind of combination in Tiger. Yeah, Tiger, Tiger, and, Tiger and, Sergio. and Tiger. But yeah. I, I, but I think, but I think Jordan and, or Jordan Spieth and Tiger is probably the one they want the most. Yeah, because you got like you know the old guard and the new guard. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, it would it would be. A, you want to talk about a ratings bonanza? You want to talk about just TV that you do not turn off? Absolutely. I don't even care if you're a sports fan. Just sheer like phenomena of the event. You're ready for that. All right. So here's what I have going on. Rory. This is all just this year. And these are top 10, so I'm going to go down the list. Rory, three. Phil, five. Patrick, four. Sergio, four. Kevin Kisner, one. Charlie Hoffman, one. Cuts made. Rory, six of eight. Phil, eight of nine. Patrick Reed, nine of 13. Sergio Garcia, nine of nine. Wow. Kevin Kisner, six of nine. Charlie Hoffman, eight of 10. So you've got some good players there. I think I have a really nice You have a good one. I think I have a pretty nice little lineup. So we'll have to to check back next week and see. What's uh, what's the most amount of money that you could win? It depends on which game I decide to get in. I'm, I got still, I'm still deciding which one I want to do. Yeah, there's all those contests. You win like fifty grand, hundred grand. Yeah, I, like I this one here says seven hundred fifty thousand dollars for a four dollar entry. <laughs> okay. Quickly, <laughs> quickly pivoting to a, a local issue. This is according to Randy Carricker's Twitter feed. Uh, Randy Carricker from the Fast Lane on one hundred one ESPN. Uh, the Missouri Supreme Court has ruled that all uh, all 85 names in the St. Louis City County RSA lawsuit against the NFL will remain as the defendants. That means all league owners and the league must now provide discovery. The City County RSA has the league exactly where they want them. And if I'm the plaintiffs, I'm asking for a franchise. That's exactly what I'm asking for. I'm wow. asking for a franchise because I'm, I'm telling you guys right now, if the NFL is ever going to return from, to St. Louis, this might be it. I'd ask for two. 
That way you can get that way when they <laughs> when they want to settle. Okay, we'll just take one. <laughs> I, I'm seeing people on Twitter saying, "Oh, you know, just just get another cover of the bonds to pay off the dome." I'm like, no. "Are you out of your no. minds?" No, that's like sixteen million dollars. Ask for yeah. a franchise. Absolutely, you ask for a franchise. This is a a multi billion dollar organization that you have with their pants down. They're mm-hmm. an evil organization. And I mean, like, it, 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 I understand where Randy Carricker was coming from, talking about how there aren't any politicians. In, in St. Louis, the state or the city that have, you know, or like really want to deal with the NFL. I, I, and I, I believe him 100%. I don't think he's lying to me. Mm-hmm. Take the franchise anyway. They can play in the Dome. The Dome isn't, you know, if the, if the Saints can still play in the Superdome yeah. in, or in uh, New Orleans, the, whatever team we get can play at the Edward Jones Dome until you can figure out the stadium situation. The St. Louis po- Jaguars. Politicians come and go. You'll, you'll eventually get some politicians in there that will want to work with the NFL and want to work with the owner, whoever the owner is, right? and just go from there. I mean, you, you, eventually you have to get over the hurt feelings. You have to get over it. I mean, if, They should if, be already. I agree. If, if, you're, if you want the NFL here... Get over and it. And you should want the NFL here. You should. That is the, that is the most popular league sport in the United States. It's yeah. not, nothing else is even close. And I don't want to hear anything about the MLS and the MLS is up and coming. Because I'm not I'm not 100% certain the MLS is going to be here the 10 MLS years The MLS is not even the best soccer league in the world. Not even close. But, I mean, like I'm, I'm not even convinced the MLS will be around in 10 years. I think the MLS is a bit of a Ponzi scheme. I think they're key. And I have to give Dave Rapp credit for this. Dave Rapp is the first one. When, when I heard him say this, I'm like, you know what? He's on to something. I think the MLS is keeping afloat with all of these uh, franchise, uh, these franchise fees. People want to buy franchises. I think that's how the league is staying afloat because they have a terrible TV contract and they aren't really drawing anything at the gate. I mean, their tickets have got to be yeah, what? They're cheap. 10, 12 bucks. They're, they're cheap. I mean, most, most teams are losing money, yeah. huge money. Yeah. And, the, and the, t- the player or the people that own the team, they don't pay the players. The MLS pays the players. The team just kind of covers everything else, the people that own the team. So you're trying to tell me the MLS is going to overtake the NFL with that kind of economic structure? You're out of your mind. No. I mean, the NFL is one of the richest organizations in the world. But Now, granted, that team in Atlanta, they fill the Mercedes-Benz they do, stadium. But, but that franchise is pretty new, though, isn't it? I don't know. I don't know the history behind I it. I want to say it's really new. Like it's maybe a year or two a, a year or two years old. Okay. Even if it's two years old and they're drawing sixty thousand fans. Think about like what they draw at, at the at the I mean, they don't even have that big of a stadium for them in Los Angeles. They play, I think, at the Nissan Stadium. No, they Nissan? play they play at StubHub where the Chargers were playing. StubHub, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, it's like thirty thousand people. Thirty thousand. So I mean they I mean their general stadium or the stadium that they require Mm-hmm. Isn't even that big. Well, the stadium they were proposing here was only going to be like thirty or forty thousand. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was like. Oh, yeah. Was it that big? I thought it was like maybe tw- some, maybe I thought it smaller. Was maybe maybe I thought twenty it was or like thirty. Twenty five, thirty. Yeah, maybe. it wasn't going to be a very big stadium. No. But I, I'm not saying like you know, the league is going to go bankrupt because they have these big, huge, elaborate stadiums. I'm just saying the league is eventually going to go bankrupt because it's a Ponzi scheme. It's a, it's a Ponzi scheme. I mean, what are you going to do when eventually you run out of cities that you are putting you know these franchises in? Go international, but they're already. <laughs> I don't know. They can't go I don't, international. I don't, I don't, yeah, they, they, they can't go they international. Can't go international. I mean, unless I, you so, bring, I, unless you bring EPL here, which no, <laughs> that will never happen. Never happen. And that'll never, never happen. That'll never happen. We'd have World War Five. If, if you, if, if St. Louis wants an NFL franchise, 
This is the time to do it. Okay, so let's talk about realistic expectations, though, because that will. Ne- I'm telling. Like, I think that it's real. Ne- you, you, you don't. I, I think it's realistic. I, I do. I think they, it's realistic. When they said that they are that all these franchises and the NFL are now open to discovery, you know what that means? That they're in a world of shit. World. Oh of, yeah, a huge world of shit. They're in a world they, they of want, shit. They want no part of that discovery. None. None whatsoever. That's why I'm saying. Ask for the ask they for don't a franchise. Want, yeah, we'll settle for a franchise right now, and they'll be like, done, done, done. Absolutely. You guys think it's that cut and dry? I do. Wow. Absolutely, I do. Wow. Because remember, when the Cleveland Browns, when they moved to Baltimore and became the Ravens, yeah, that's what the city of Cleveland did. They sued the NFL and they got a franchise. We we're like, yeah. we want a franchise, and the NFL's like, yeah, okay, here you go. All right. So St. Yep. Louis is getting a football team. <laughs> well, I mean that that depends on if you they heard ask it here for first. You heard folks. it here first. That, depend, that depends on if they ask for it. And yeah. If they don't ask for it, they're stupid. They're stupid. They're so stupid. If they go in there and be like, oh, "Well, okay, yeah, we'll just take the sixteen million dollars to pay off the dome," and uh, thanks, you're out. Of, you, you're crazy. And you know you're crazy. And you know what? That's what they'll do. That's what. And, uh, uh, if they do, I I I will riot. You will. I will another, riot. Ooh, another Matt Burger <laughs> one man riot. I will one man riot. <laughs> Drive down Broadway and see Burger. DFA. Yeah. $16 million? Kiss my ass. I'm Matt Burger. At Matt underscore Burger. Think of all think of all the promotion though for the podcast. Oh absolutely. Just stand out there. Make sure your your picket sign is branded. I'm gonna get you some, I'm gonna get you some t-shirts made. <laughs> some hats. This the, this protest brought to you by the stickers, last man up. Some the, stickers the, to hand out. The $16 million to cover the dome. And then whatever the the uh, the peacock expenses were, whenever they were trying to keep I think the Rams also about here, sixteen million around that. I, yeah. I thought it was it even that high. I think it was 12. that high. Twelve. Okay. 12, 13. So if, if they settle for you know twenty eight million dollars or thirty eight million dollars or whatever it is, and that's it from a multi billion dollar organization, then then we deserve everything we get. Yep. We yeah. deserve everything we get. Oh yeah. Hopefully, someone smart that. is in those negotiations. Oh, God, I hope so. That's asking for a lot, though. I think, it, I think it would be Bob Blitz, wouldn't it? Bob Blitz is the one who's representing yep. the, the plaintiffs, yes. Yep. So it's based on... So it's Blitz and Peacock. Well, who's, they the, make plan, it a who's the representative for the plaintiff, then? Is it Blitz? It's Blitz. Yeah, Blitz. Yeah, okay. It's Blitz. I have no idea who's representing the NFL. So okay. Blitz and Peacock but, might get their NFL team after all. <laughs> they, they, they very well could. Now, there's somebody on Twitter who keeps telling me that the Jaguars are coming here. Okay, so there's a connection there because Shad Khan, I can't name names, but Shad Khan is a client of an ad agency in St. Louis, based in St. Louis. Oh, he's got St. Louis connections. He's got St. He Louis connections. from Champaign. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And when he's the one who tried to buy the Rams until at the midnight hour, Stan Kroenke snaked his deal and said, yeah. oh, yeah, I'll go ahead and I'll buy that franchise. He exercised his option. He exercised his, his option. His last rider refusal. Yes. And they're bankrupt now? Jaguars, right? They filed for bankruptcy? Did they? I never saw that. Can I never saw that? that either. Did I just make that up? I think you just made that up. How can, If you're an NFL franchise, how in the world do you go bankrupt? You get $250 million just for being a part of the NFL. The state of Illinois is about to go bankrupt. <laughs> well, I mean, that's different than an NFL <laughs> franchise. You're not getting TV right money. That's true. I mean, but like... The- yeah, right here. Mine says, so I just I just typed in Jacksonville Jaguars bankruptcy and an auto-completed to bankruptcy fake news. It's fake news. <laughs> well, there you go. You, you fell for the old fake news. No, it is Clay. fake news. I got me. All right, well... Yeah, 30 lashes for me. Because, well, here, I, because I have no idea if you're an NFL franchise how you can go bankrupt. You Man. get $250 million just from for the TV from the TV deal. It really got me. Fake news. Yeah, I, had to, about that. I, I just snopes it. And snopes uh, 
confirmed that so it is. So this, this guy on Twitter news. keeps telling me that it's going to be the St. Louis Jaguars. Like it's like this was already kind of like even predetermined before the Rams even left. I'm a, that the I'm team about that it. the that the team that the that's going to come here is going to be the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's got to be that the Rams are going to move to like the league wanted the Ram the the Rams to move to LA. I think we all kind of knew that, mm-hmm. and that Shad Khan is going to get his wish, and he's going to have his St. Louis based team. Didn't he build like a ballpark village kind of deal around their stadium down there? He did some kind of work with it, but I'm not sure what it was. I thought for sure, if anything, that the Jaguars would move to London. Which that yeah. would just be terrible. Ter- it's, a, it's a terrible oh. idea. I understand why it's as good as it's a good idea as the, as the EPL coming to the United <laughs> States. That's what we'll do. That's well, what we'll do is we'll take the EPL and, and in return we will give you the Jaguars. Fair trade. Who are actually just a quarterback away from being really good. I don't know, man. I love, oh, that defense is great. I love Blake I love Bortles. me some Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles. I love me some Blake Bortles. I love you some Blake Bortles. You should get 30 <laughs> lashes just for that. Get Blaine Gabbard back down there. <laughs> don't get St. Louis fans started because you know what St. Louis fans think. Oh, the All you got to do is get – and Blaine's got a double. He's from St. Louis, and he went to Mizzou. Mizzou. Right. So all you got to do is, man, just get him back in St. Louis and pour some crap dig down his throat and stuff him full of T-Rabs, and he'll be fine. And then you sign Chase Daniel to be your, your backup. Sign Chase oh Daniel. <laughs> do you want to talk Mack- about Jeremy Macklin to be the number one wide, uh, wide receiver? You yes. would have B-Fifths. I mean, just ejaculating oh, all over yes. the place. TJ re- Moe would come out of radio oh. retirement. <laughs> <laughs> Try and suit up. The, he's going to be the, uh, the slot be, receiver. He's going to be part of the practice squad, TJ Moe. Well, I mean, TJ probably, he'll, be, he'll probably want to be the color commentator. TJ Moe would be a terrific I would, color I, commentator yeah. on I think an, he would on be too. A, I would watch, broadcast. I would watch that absolutely local broadcast. Would be. He knows 100%. football. Yep. Yeah. yeah, great guy. He absolutely would be, without a doubt. So, but if they're going to, if St. Louis is ever going to get a football team again, this is their chance. Hot take. And, and, and if, if they fail, like, even if they ask and they don't get it, hey, at least they asked. Yeah. But if they don't ask and they don't get it, the NFL's never coming here ever again. Never. They should ask for it. 100. I'm with you on that 100%. Special thanks to Mean and Gene Okerlund joining us on the phone. He is absolutely one of the very best. Uh, make sure you check or check out WrestleMania 34 is this Sunday, April 8th on pay-per-view and the uh, W the Andre the Giant documentary on HBO on April 10th. You've been listening to the Last Man Up podcast, part of the St. Louis Podcast Network, stlpodcast.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Matt underscore Berger. You can follow Clay on Twitter at Ton of Clayton, and you can follow Andy on Twitter at Emo6. Have a great day. There's our master's music. From the Glen Carbon, Illinois studios. I'm Jim Nath. The St. Louis Podcast <laughs> Network proudly presents the Last Man Up Podcast with Matt Berger and Clay Byersdorfer. That's not our intro, is it? It absolutely <laughs> is. It's fucking Masters Week. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'll play the real one. Oh. <sighs>